This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 5, Episode 25, as the Broadway Blue Shirts have gotten back to their winning ways with a pair of victories in their last two over the Anaheim Ducks and the Boston Bruins, and have, at least for the moment, regained their status as one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, one of the better defensive teams in the National Hockey League, despite a rough patch of a small segment of games where they were giving up just far too many goals, but back-to-back strong performances by both their goaltenders, Jonathan Quick and Igor Shesterkin, has the Rangers back on top in the NHL, at least in terms of winning percentage. Hey everybody, Andy here, recording this on a rainy Sunday evening. I'm currently sipping a cup of hot cocoa. It is absolutely delicious. We are literally a week away from Christmas, and the holiday spirit is in the air. I see smiles everywhere in the street. People, I see, still see people putting up their lights uh, a week before Christmas. But hey, it, it's I feel that a hundred percent. This year is moving really fast, and it just it, it, felt, it feels like it was just Thanksgiving. We're already here at Christmas. Uh, yeah, time moves really fast, especially the older you get. But Luckily for the New York Rangers, the nat- the regular season moves pretty fast too, and they've had their woes recently and their defensive lapses and some inconsistent play from at least one of their goaltenders, but they have shown time and time again that they can, at least the, the current mental makeup of this team is that you're, any team's going to have rough stretches, but, but the New York Rangers are mentally resistant and They've shown under, at least under Peter Laviolette, an ability to recenter and refocus themselves to stop the bleeding when they've needed to. I mean, for, I guess, you know, we just a, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about back to back disappointing uh, games against the Senators and the Capitals. They follow that back up with a big win, four to one win over the LA Kings. Then they get embarrassed at home by the. Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, just defensive lapses and Igor Shesterkin just looking not himself. Much was made about whether or not he could get back his footing. Uh, But after a great game against the Kings from Jonathan Quick, you know, he starts for the Rangers against the Ducks. And uh, I would say an undermanned Ducks team, so it wasn't really a a, a true test. But you know what? Uh, he performs lights out again, another 5-1 victory over the over the Ducks. So at least the New York Rangers are scoring goals because, I mean, even in their losses, obviously they got shut out by the Capitals, but, you know, they score uh, in that game against Toronto, they still scored seven, uh, excuse me, three goals, you know, five against the Ducks. Uh, but you knew they had this one circled on their calendar, the la- uh, yesterday's game against the Boston Bruins. You knew the Bruins were going to be um, looking for revenge from their blowout loss at the Garden. Well, I wouldn't say it's a blowout loss. It was a pretty tight game. But, you know, in the end, their loss uh, to the Rangers at home. So 
luckily for the Rangers, Boston was without a few players or without Charlie McAvoy. I believe a few other players were out, but you know, they still had most of their team They had Hampus Lindholm and uh, Jake DeBrusque and Marchand and Pasternak, although we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but you know, uh, they missing some buys, but you remember when the Rangers beat them at home, they were without Adam Fox and some other uh, key players in their lineup. So turnabout's fair play, but you just knew the Rangers knew they were in for it as Boston was going to try to get some revenge. And at least from a temperature standpoint, the game was definitely as spicy as one might think. It had a playoff-type feel. But the main storyline, at least if you're a Rangers fan going to this game, was Igor Shosturkin getting the start. Can he find his footing again? Can he get back into shape, at least mentally? Because you could just see it's every goal against recently it's it he hangs it up wears it on his face and he has a hard time recovering where say what you want about Henrik Lundqvist I mean usually you only have good things to say about him but if he gave up in the scant instances in which he gave up a bad goal obviously you'd see the pain and frustration on his face but then he would just kind of usually just bear down and dig deep and then make the next great save he had to make you know what I mean but at least as far as I'm concerned I I was definitely feeling some trepidation going into this game was it going to be if the Boston Bruins got the first goal was Igor going to proceed to fall apart and also were the Rangers going to after having a, eh, a maybe not so convincing despite the amount of goals they put up the Rangers still had some lapses in that game versus the Ducks and a Ducks team that was missing players like Zegras and uh, Mace McTavish and some of their better young players even though they're still a, a bottom of the bottom third team in the league, you know, so, but this was a real test against a really well-coached, well-equipped club with great goaltending. It was going to take a lot for Igor Shosturkin to outduel Jeremy Swayman, who's been excellent for the Bruins. I mean, one of the reasons the Rangers and the Bruins are two of the top teams in the league this year is because they're, for most of the season, both of their goaltenders have been among the best in the league. But, uh, yeah, again, it, you just knew with maybe where, not knowing where Igor's mental state is at or if he was nursing, a, a still hiding an injury, coming back from injury and, you know, was still hampering his play a little bit or his confidence. But he was lights out in this game. The Rangers do give up the first goal on a questionable play near the net, which may or may not have been goal, was reviewed for goaltender interference with Trent Frederick having a stick essentially in Igor's pad. And, the, you know, I see a lot of Rangers fans are upset about this not getting – it was not getting overturned. It's one of those things that was there contact? Yes, I do think there's contact. So probably it, in in theory you could – it could or should have been overturned. But at the same time, I don't really know if it prevented Igor from making the save or the next play just from where his position was, where the puck came from. You know what I mean? But one thing, if, if uh, you know, because they were on the, the near side post and if the puck had made it to the other side and then he'd have to explode over with a, essentially with a skate and a, and a, a stick blade in his pad, it would make it difficult. But it was right there in front of him. It didn't really hamper him. So, and it, I guess maybe it might be easier for me to, maybe my tune would be different if the Rangers did lose this game. But honestly, even in the moment, I was like, eh, you know, but you know, the Rangers do give up the first goal, after, but it, it takes until midway in the second period, and it had been a pretty much a defensive, uh, you know, showdown for both teams, just defending well, not a lot of shots. 
lot of power plays though. Both teams and the Rangers have one of the best power. I think they have the second or third best power play in the league. Uh, the Bruins have the best penalty kill in the league. So both teams were going back and forth with with basically penalties off of uh, you know late hits and uh, high sticks and just all you know and and trips and all this. It's just it was one of those games. It was just kind of tight like that, and neither team's really able able to convert. Um, basically, Boston is is up one nothing going into the third period. The Rangers on what I believe was their fourth or fifth power play are finally able to convert. They changed some things up and Vincent Trocek, who's been the best Ranger probably for the last 10 games or so. Um, he has a nice cycle with Mika. They kind of change up their positionings where on the power play. Cause obviously, you know, traditionally you have the umbrella with Mika in the shooting spots, uh, Fox at the point Panarin on the other side, Kreider from the net and Trocek in the bumper. Well, Vinny and Mika just kind of do a little rollout play from the corner and uh, kudos to Trocek who makes, you know, slings a pass to Mika off of a switch and immediately just beelines it for the slot. And he just, he's able to use his edge work fast enough. He does a little half mohawk to just explode into the slot. And before the Bruins defenders can figure out what's going on, Mika feathers a pass in the slot and there's Trocek. He gets it right on his blade and off immediately beats Swayman, no chance. And the Rangers have tied this game. Um, so yeah, it's just patience on their part. And honestly, that, that style of play, that patient style of playing defensive patient hockey this year, especially when you're one of the best special teams league, uh, teams in the league in terms of having a good PK and a good power play and combine that with good goaltending and at least stout defensive play. That's seems to be the Rangers, um, key to success this year. You know what I mean? It's the track meets don't work out the way they want. They want to play tight games or have games feel as tight as possible because they're comfortable in those games. They have a lot of uh, veteran presence in this team. You know, it's, it just seems like they went from being one of the youngest teams in the league to one of the a little bit more veteran heavy. It's funny how that works, but um, they, yeah, they, uh, they're comfortable playing these games. They, they're even their, maybe their lesser players, guys like VC and Goudreau and Pitlick and Benino and, uh, you know, now Mika and, and, you know, it's just that they've been in so many tight games for the last few years that it's just it's basically hardened them to be comfortable in these situations. So the Rangers remain patient in this game or patient in this game, and they get the outcome they need. Igor st- makes it all stand up is fantastic, only gives up the one goal. The Rangers force over time. And once again, Vincent Trocek, who has a knack for getting lost in traffic and and basically cutting through the hard areas, difficult areas, of the ice with his skating, uh, nice little, you know, give and go with Panarin and three and three overtime. And he sneaks down towards the goal line and off of a beautiful Panarin pass to the, the side of the goal mouth. He just kind of one times one in the far post up high and the Rangers get the overtime win and the two points and much needed to, because, you know, considering their last few game segment, uh, I believe even on the telecast, they, they say something like all of a sudden, you know, uh, two wins in your last six becomes, uh, you know, becomes three wins in your last four. You know what I mean? But I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, the notable bit from this game is all night. David Pasternak going back and forth with Lindgren. I think we remember, uh, I believe it was last season where Lindgren absolutely buries Pasternak in a game at Madison Square Garden and Pasternak 
he, it, you know, it's like a pretty violent cross check that sends Pasternak flying into the boards. Uh, and I, th- I believe Pasternak left that game was hurt. He so clearly he's kept a number on Lindgren uh, early in the game. Pasternak lays Lindgren out with a, a pretty big hit along with the boards. Clean hit, shoulder to shoulder. Lindgren has the puck, eligible to be hit. Uh, so yeah, and you you figured, oh, that this is spicy, you know, this is. It, and apparently after the hit, he's him and Lindgren are, are, are talking trash to one another. So clearly Pasternak remembers um, the hit from last year. And then later on in the game, uh, Lindgren, once again, below the goal line is retrieving a puck and Pasternak hits him right in the numbers, cross checks him into the boards. Lindgren goes down. Uh, you know, the Rangers scrum up with the the Bruins, I think Poster, <laughs> Panarin kind of grabs Pasternak just because he's like the closest to him. Um, and immediate, you know, arm immediately goes up. That's a penalty, clearly a boarding penalty. And they give Pasternak, uh, you know, five minutes for boarding and a game misconduct. Uh, and since then, there's a lot, you know, he, this is a day later. I don't think he's going to, Pasternak's going to get a call from the Department of Player Safety or anything. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, there seems to be a lot of debate online about whether or not it should have been anything more than a boarding penalty because it's one of those things is that uh, Lindgren doesn't look braced and ready for the hit. He kind of changes his body positioning a bit to to reach down low, to reach for a puck, to put himself lower and in a vulnerable position, uh, which has kind of sparked some debate online. But at the end of the day, I mean you still see the numbers the whole time. And if you're Pasternak, you just can't throw that hit. You can, you can close the guy off. You can, you could just, you know, go up, wrap him up or hit him with a, or just at least get play the puck and not play the man there. But he does. And again, I, I, you know, considering the, the back and forth jostling those two have been doing since last year, it's uh, it kind of makes it feel like he knew he had a chance to, to get him and he did. So, um, but yeah, luckily Lindgren wasn't hurt. He's been blown up uh, like three games in a row. <laughs> he I think in the Anaheim game, or excuse me, in the game against Toronto, he got lit up with a pretty open ice hit, but he got, you know, bounced up right away. Um, he, uh, in the game against the ducks, he took a pretty heavy hit along the boards from, I think it was uh, Brock McGinn. Um, so, but you know, and even last night when he's bleeding as Lindgren always is, uh, he, um, he still stays in the game after getting checked out in the locker room guy is tough as nails. I mean, that's nothing new to anyone who's a Rangers fan. I don't know what karmically he has done to have every single person on the planet who happens to play hockey to just look at this guy and say, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to blow him up. No one gets boarded and buried and basically beat up the way Ryan Lindgren does. And, and I, you know, we all watched Dan Girardi for a decade and he was pretty, he's, you know, I thought Dan Girardi had it rough, this guy, but you know, Lindgren's seemingly invincible. Obviously you worry about his play long-term if he's going to, if his national hockey league career is just going to be this for the next, you know, however many years he has left, you know what I mean? But um, the good news for the Rangers is that, Keandre Miller also returns in this game. It And obviously every time Jones and Schneider are playing together, it's a bit of an adventure and the Rangers seem to be very loose defensively. Just Keandre Miller brings a sense of calm back to this team. Uh, his Him reentering the lineup 
you had a much better game from Schneider. And uh, I think uh, it, after coming down to earth a little bit, I think Eric Gustafson had a much better game as well. Those two back together seem to be a good fit. Um, and obviously, Truba and Miller back together. There's comfort for those two. And, and I think Adam Fox is finally finding his footing after coming back a little slow from the injury. He's still making plays, Adam Fox plays, but I just think he's been a little behind the eight ball for his own standards. But, you know, he's just finding his, he's getting back to his rhythm just faking everybody on the planet out, you know, draw some important penalties, make some key plays and keep ins, just making passes that only he can make. And that's the thing when he can tilt the ice, when he's on it uh, and in the Rangers favor. So that was a huge, uh, even more important than that win was the fact that it was done in tight playoff, tight checking, patient, uh, well-defended fashion. And that's more important for the Rangers. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademark of the National Hockey League. I want to back up. I know I was just talking about the Boston Bruins game, but I want to back up to the game before against the Anaheim Ducks at home because uh, as a surprise earlier in the day, the Rangers call up Adam Edstrom from the Hartford Wolfpack, and it is... Basically, the beat writers intimate that uh, someone might be under the weather. We find out it was Nick Bonino and Adam Edstrom, after thinking he's just uh, an in-case body, finds out basically during warm-up that he's going to be playing in his first NHL game. So he didn't even get to take a rookie lap or anything. Um, But, yeah, he doesn't have any time to really think about it, and he just gets in. And if you're not familiar with him, 23 years old, Big guy, six foot seven, uh, 225 pounds from Sweden. Uh, he's basically been with the Wolfpack for, is this his second season with the Wolfpack? I, I forget. But uh, basically projected to be more of a bottom six guy, but skates extremely well for being six foot seven. You're really surprised with his speed out there relative to his size you know almost young Blake Wheeler-esque for how can a guy that's that big move that with that much agility um but you know uh not too much overall offensive skill to speak of but he basically gets thrust into this game and is effective off the hop just using his speed and his size and his ability his size and it you know helps him win battles and shield pucks and he just played extremely fast and direct which is exactly what you want from a player just stepping in the lineup and 
yeah, he just creates a bunch of dangerous chances with his line. You know, playing on, uh, playing in, instead of uh, Benino, playing with um, Cooley and uh, VC. But he ends up scoring his first goal with less than a minute on the clock in the final, you know, few minute seconds of the game, um, which is essentially garbage time but you're just happy for him anyway to get rewarded for a, a night of playing really effectively and well and uh basically doing what you want to see and just playing defensively smart quick to read and react hockey and and it seems like when you look at the Hartford Wolf Pack that after years of basically having trouble utilizing the AHL as a feeder for the big club which is what the whole uh, you would argue the whole effing point of the AHL is the Rangers have done a really good job and have seemed to have started to create at least a pipeline for, you know, their bottom six or middle six talent. I mean, you look at the prospect of in the near future of the Rangers who right now are dealing with a lot of salary cap problems, especially with their, some of their big contracts, it, that can be mitigated if, you know, as you, if, you know, eventually you let players such as Goudreau and Pitlick and VC potentially and Benino walk. And, um, but you have guys like Cooley and Adam Edstrom and Adam Sikora eventually and Brett Berard, just that can come and backfill on entry level deals, your bottom and middle six. And, you know, eventually Brennan Othman will make the jump up too. So that that's exactly what you want out of and hell having Johnny Brodzinski come up as a, basically a, a, the captain of the Hartford Wolf pack. One of those players who's one of the best players in the American hockey league who then can jump up and be a serviceable body in the NHL. Uh, that's what you want out of the Hartford Wolf pack. You know what I mean? That's what you want out of your AHL team. So the fact that Chris Drury, who was at one time, uh, the general manager of the Hartford Wolf pack clearly now that he's graduated to just general manager of the New York Rangers, it's he still continues to take that, you know, just have that vested interest in in making sure the resources and the the synergy is there to have that pipeline because it it makes his life easier, it makes the Rangers the team's life easier, and that's exactly what you want. So you're happy happy for Adam Edstrom to get rewarded again. Seeing a guy that big kind of skate like that was. Kind of, yeah, definitely shocking and, and refreshing, you know what I mean, as far as... Because usually it's... The Rangers are a slow team, and if you're not familiar with Edstrom game, you see a guy that big, you're like, this guy, you know, especially after the last few seasons of watching the bigger guys, like the Nico Mikolas of the world and some of these guys just being like, eh, you know, they're probably lumber around out there. Or even Blake Wheeler, who is at this, at least in this, at his age now, being a little bit more lumbering. Although... I got to give Blake Wheeler his flowers, too. He has been, his line with Criders Magic Jad have been much better the last few games. Wheeler's looked faster. You know, I, I think it's going to go that way for him this year. Uh, he's going to have up and down. Just, I don't think he's going to be a force every night, but I think he's going to have his moments where he surprises you this year. And he makes 850K. So what are, what would you be upset about? You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, happy for Adam Edstrom to get rewarded for, you know, he gets, he makes the most of his opportunity. Um, he doesn't get to play in the Bruins game because Nick Benino is feeling much better. But uh, we'll see. At least to my knowledge now, he has not been sent down by the Rangers, although I should probably check that. I can go on there and make sure they didn't send him down after the game. Nope. I mean, he's still up at the, the big club, so perhaps we could see him 
draw into one of the Rangers' upcoming games. Um, and they might need him because, obviously, they have a little chance at redemption. They're going to be in Toronto on Tuesday against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who embarrassed them, basically putting up seven goals on them last time in, a, in with the Rangers being a just a flat-footed affair on their end. Uh, Toronto also embarrassed the Penguins the other day. I think they also they win that game 7 to nothing. Yeah, at least the Raiders scored uh, three goals. But Toronto's absolutely murking teams right now with their goal scoring. Um, yeah, seven to nothing. So they're scoring goals in droves right now. The Rangers, it'll be a test for the Rangers. Hopefully they have a, you know, a, a burr up their ass and they want to get some revenge on a team that embarrassed them and at least bring it to Toronto physically. Sorry, folks, I, I uh, spoke too soon earlier as I'm scrolling on Twitter here. I do see that Adam Estrom has returned to the Hartford Wolfpack. And I know that why, because uh, he just scored a goal for the Wolfpack. And uh, they are currently up three to two going into the third period against uh, the Toronto Marlies. And yeah, he, uh, he scores the go ahead goal, at least at the moment. So uh, yeah, <laughs> good weekend for him, man. He's having a great weekend. Uh, as I had mentioned, Christmas is a scant week away. And you know what that means? It is, World Junior Championship time, the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, just such a great two to three weeks for hockey. Um, the New York Rangers will have three players representing them this year. Uh, the, you know, Adam Sikora has been released by the Wolfpack to be eligible to play for his home Slovakia. And Team USA will have both Gabe Perot and Drew Fortescue, both who play in the NCAA for the Boston College Eagles uh, playing for Team USA. So really exciting stuff. Presumably Perot will be playing on a line with his line mates from Boston College and the U.S. National Team Development Program, Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. That line might has a, basically has an opportunity. I assume they're going to take second uh, line duties on Team USA, which is stacked forward-wise. But I think based on the maybe not getting other teams' top lines, I could see that being the best line in the tournament. And there's a very good chance, much like he does, did it in the U.S. National Team Development Program, much like he does for BC, much like he does on his own line. And what he might do for the entire tournament is uh, there's a chance that outside of a player like Macklin Celebrini, the projected first overall pick in next year's NHL draft for Team Canada, that Perot could feasibly lead the entire tournament in points when all is said and done, which would be pretty amazing. But either way, it should be a lot of fun to watch around the holiday times. Uh, so between the World Juniors and the New York Rangers' upcoming crop of difficult games, it's going to be fun. It'll be a nail-biter, but it'll be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.